0: Welcome to 501 Crossroads, your show all about nonprofits and the people that make the mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, President and CEO of Minds Eye, and my personal mission is to make nonprofits stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. My fabulous co-host, the nonprofit ninja, Natalie
1: Jablonski is here. That's right. Specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to achieve organizational greatness. Hey, Marjorie. Hey, Natalie, what's up? I got to tell you, I love this weather. It reminds me of all the cool things we get to do outside. I like going to baseball games. I don't know if you're a baseball person. No. You're not a baseball person? I mean, I know enough about baseball you know to talk live. to my donors
0: about it. And, oh,
1: brother. Oh, brother. It reminds me, you know, that song, remember that old song, put me in
0: coach? I'm ready, ready to, to play, play today. today. And today, what are we doing today? Well, today, okay, so I'm in my, over my head. I can't see the forest through the trees. I need help. Okay. Those are some of the hardest things to admit as a nonprofit leader. Probably. So you can't talk to your staff. No, they, not really. They might stop following. Right, right. Uh, you can't talk to your board; they might lose faith in you. No, you don't want to do that. You can't talk to your peers; they might spill blood in the water, swoop and steal your programs and all your donors. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is true. Um, so we have today we have uh, Teresa Pedigo here, and she knows all about that. She's a business accountability partner, advisor,
2: coach. And Teresa, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you both for having me today. Thanks for being here, Coach. Ooh, it's great. I like I like to play and I do like baseball, so I'm ready for baseball season. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, I spent twenty-three years in the corporate world, specifically in the financial services industry. And kind of, you know, hit the wall and decided that it was time for me to break out and do something on my own and live the entrepreneur dream. I'm originally from central Illinois and my dad was, I think what you call the original entrepreneur. He was a farmer. Yeah. So I think that stuck with me. So I became an independent owner of an AvaCoach franchise where I work with small businesses, nonprofits, other organizations to first provide an awareness about things that they may not see. The scotomas is the fancy word for that. So, what's that word again? Scotomas. Scotomas. Blind spots. Oh. So, bring awareness to what, you know, is right around them that they may not see. Education about areas that they may not know because they know about their business, but not all of them went to business school, mm-hmm. too. So, we can bring tools and education. And then finally, the accountability. And that's what's huge. It's, Giving them those tools and teaching them how to use it, but then coming to see them every week and making sure that they're making progress and actually doing what they're supposed to be doing to reach their goals.
1: Yeah, I think that makes total sense. We've talked on this show before about executive leaders and how oftentimes we take a certain path to get to being an executive leader, whether that's a program side of what we do, or a marketing side, or a fundraising side, or a business side, and all those paths may lead us to where we're at, but the blind spots, I can definitely see coming to play because that's
2: not the path we took, right? Mm -hmm, Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: So let's start at the beginning. Why would a nonprofit leader want to work with Coach?
2: Well, you mentioned a lot in your opening, Mm -hmm. being a leader, being a business owner, being a nonprofit, all, all of those, it's lonely. Mm-hmm. It's a very lonely position. There's a reason they say it's lonely at the top, right? Exactly. is where it comes from. So what you were saying, you don't have trusted partners, you know, always that you can talk to. You may not want to bring it home to your spouse. If there's a spouse, you know, to, there to talk to, um, there maybe there's not Simon the fish or I have, Paisley, <laughs> you know, my Yorkie to, to listen to me. So, um, a coach can be that confidant. You can serve as that confidant to listen, be the cheerleader, be someone to bounce ideas off of. So that's, that's what it really provides that you wouldn't normally have alone.
1: Nice. I'm pretty excited. Simon's never gotten a shout out on our podcast. So <laughs> oh. he'll be very excited. He'll get a big head. He'll want to sign autographs. So thanks for that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Glad you do it.
1: <laughs> so uh, I know how to choose a fish, but I do not know how to choose a coach. And I suspect that many of our listeners don't either. So, a uh, nonprofit leader, I'm looking at this and thinking maybe what Natalie and Marjorie are presenting makes sense to me. But where do they begin? What type of things should they be looking at when they go to pick a coach? That's a
2: excellent question because (laughs) there are many different kinds of coaches. When I you know explain it, I say they're like Baskin Robbins in thirty one flavors. You can ice cream. Another thing I like. Yeah, Mm. (laughs) that's what we need today. Um, Some coaches will specialize only in you know certain areas, and some are very structured, and some act as consultants and aren't coaches. And that's a really important distinction. And AvaCoach really works on that, that a consultant is someone that is transactional, someone that you will need to come back and continue to help you and help you and help you, whereas a coach will be transformational mm-hmm. and will teach you how to do things. mean I say it, it's it's the old adage, not fish for you, but teach you how to fish. Okay. Yeah. So, um. So kind of getting that as to, um, the different kinds that are out there and then defining your needs. So why are you seeking a coach? What, what would you like to get from the coach? So then if you have that defined, you can talk to others that might be using a coach and get recommendations. Cause it's always best, right? Mm-hmm. To, to use our, you know, friends and other organizations. I always say re- research on social media. Mm-hmm. Sure. You can look out and see, you know, what people are saying, what the reviews are and then interview them. So, you know, pick a couple. So it's appropriate to interview coaches. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I sit down with again, all kinds of businesses and say, let's just have a ca- casual conversation mm-hmm. first and see if our personalities, you know, work to work together mm-hmm. and then get, you know, a little bit deeper into what your goals are. And, you know, what I can provide from my coaching practice. Teresa, do you find
1: that when you're meeting with people and they come to you thinking that they'd like to be coached in one area that through those casual conversations or through those interviews, there's there's
2: actually opportunities in other areas that. Through that you make them more aware of. Exactly. Okay. You open them up because again with those gotomas, they they don't see the other spots. Cause I, I do have people that come and say, I really need help with these five things. And as we break down and say, Okay, talk to me about these five things, then you start seeing other things that are affecting them. Mm. You know, like they could be saying I'm not I'm not able to get this, these projects done. Well, we find out it's because there's a time management problem. Okay. You know, that's lurking there that wasn't maybe identified or known. By the so you may not realize even what's causing it. You. you may just know the output
1: challenges, and a coach can help you then work your way back to be able to figure out where that real challenge exists that then opens up the pipeline. Exactly. It's all about that root cause. Okay. Right. Nice. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of self work, work on our own, a lot of things that we're doing, which I don't know about you, Marjorie. I worry
0: about time. That is exactly the thing that I was panicking about a little bit over here is like that self-development piece um, usually takes some time. So once we pick somebody... How, how much time am I going to pour into this to make myself better? <laughs> <laughs> how fast can we, when
1: we turn yes, this puppy around? How fast can you fix me? <laughs> I was going to say, unfortunately, How it's not, broken are you, I guess that's the question, right, <laughs> Teresa?
2: Yeah. How to glue all the pieces back in 30 minutes yes. or less. Yeah, I, I can't say that we offer you know, any actually, new, actually, that. It's not a package? <laughs> not not a package. Um, but I think the the time commitment, it, it's really dependent on the needs. So we break down the needs and, and see. Like, you know, for example, um with with all organizations that I work with, I always talk about a strategic plan. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a plan, if you don't have a goal, you don't know where you're going. Mm-hmm. You have nothing. It's a target with nothing to aim at. So so say for example, we are building a strategic plan together, we would spend about five sessions at two hours each. And have meetings then after quarterly for about 90 minutes to reset for each quarter. And then outside of the meetings, each person may have say an hour or two of homework. Um, if we're working, you know, individually with clients on certain things, our normal thing is five hours of, of time commitment outside of meeting with the coach per week. And in the beginning, it's, A little extra because you're learning new things and new processes, but eventually that five hours will become just part of your regular routine, Mm -hmm. just kicked up a notch, Mm -hmm. right? So it won't be extra. It will just be what you're doing. So it won't feel like, you know, there's, oh, I have all these extra hours and the anxiety ready. So it may
1: start like a project, but later it'll be integrated into the work that you're doing. Exactly. Okay. And hopefully making us more efficient and effective and all those things. Right. And helping them to find those blind spots and make them not blind anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, reasonably, what could someone expect to be able to get out of working with a coach? Because I think that probably there's probably some people out there that have unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. They'd like you to come in and superhero style, fix everything and then swoop out and it stays that way without any effort. And mm-hmm. that's not what a coach is for. You've mentioned before, it's to teach us how to do that. And I just am kind of curious as to what your view is based on your clients.
2: Yes. with well, the right coach, I mean, you're definitely looking for progress. Mm-hmm. And so as you work together, I'm, I spend a lot of time defining, you know, what the needs are up front so we can be clear about them. So again, there won't be unrealistic expectations. There will be, this is how, you know, we're going to work towards something. And then we can set key performance indicators or what we call KPIs Mm -hmm. that we can be measuring, you know, that performance. Now, normally what, you know, I tell everyone that I work with is the timing is all dependent upon you. Okay. You're making the decisions and you're doing the work. I'm there to guide you. So as fast as you're working, I'm working there right with you. But if we're not willing Mm -hmm. to put in the work, then it's going to be delayed. Right. It stretches out the time longer. And that's when we, you know, start talking. Is this really what you want to do? Are you invested, Mm -hmm. you know, in this? Or do you feel like we're going down the wrong path and we need to readjust? So when the one of the things that I've already learned in
1: this conversation. So I'm so glad you're here is just the basic difference between what I think in the nonprofit world, we use a consultant for mm-hmm. project driven to mm-hmm. what a coach is, which is to help us to be more well rounded as a leader.
2: Yes is that right? Yes, and
1: I think because of the nonprofit world, we, we use consultants a lot because using third party consultants help us to achieve our daily operations. Mm-hmm. Small nonprofits or large nonprofits whenever you have a big project or a small project, you outsource a lot of that. Mm-hmm. It works well for financial management of the budget, and I think we get used to oh, we have an annual appeal coming up. We'll outsource that, have someone write it, and put it together in project management. We have a grant mm-hmm. we have to write. We'll outsource that. Mm-hmm. We'll have someone come in and do that. We need to do an executive search. We'll hire a consultant and we'll bring them in and do but this is not about piling up the work and giving it to someone else and say, fix this. This is really about a discovery of what you need to be better and stronger to be
2: able to help your mission. That mm-hmm. is exactly right. And so you get to be that transformational, you know, in, in everything that you do moving forward so that so that all of it stays with you instead mm-hmm. of having to have repetitive you know, people come back and and assist you with things. There's always going to be things that consultants are are needed for. Absolutely. It's it's all on the need. But um, one thing, you know, I'll mention that when we talk about like a nonprofit versus a for-profit, you know, that's a designation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Business is business. That's right. So the the structured approach that, you know, I take and bring through Avacoach, it doesn't matter whether you're profit or nonprofit. That, again, is the designation. We are all still businesses. So also, do, course, you, think- do you see more people reaching out,
1: looking for a business coach, Teresa, who's new in their profession and they're trying to gather and learn as much knowledge as they can, or a more seasoned professional who's finding they want to take that next leap in their career and they need more skills? Or do you see it more as someone who is a well-experienced leader and perhaps they are looking for what's next to my career and what do I want to do and they're trying to figure out what that is or do you see a combination of all of that that I mentioned?
2: Did you read my notes? I, <laughs> is, that what you, is that what you did? I, I wish she'll do you that. Let me borrow those really quick. <laughs> <laughs> that would be
1: great. If we had a video in here, really would no, just I, like to do the whole show today. <laughs> Natalie, <laughs> Natalie, show? Marjorie, would you like to co-host with <laughs> me today? No. Maybe. I'm fascinated by this whole thing. I don't know if our listeners are, but I just think this is phenomenal.
2: No, you've, you've went over the different categories Yes. Somebody that is starting up, um, I can work, you know, um, some project work with maybe they need an SBA loan. Mm-hmm. And so that means they need a business plan because you won't get one from the bank mm-hmm. without that. So it could be that initial start. Again, you're right. You could be somebody that is is starting up and they're like, you know, I want to build this right from the beginning mm-hmm. and, and know that I've got the right people around me. And so, you know, it can be a startup. Um, You could be three, five, six years kind of into the process and you're ready to move to that next level, but you don't know how to let go. Mm, that's so,
0: really hard. Yes. <laughs> so we've, we've
1: actually talked about that mm-hmm. on the show, Marjorie, you've mentioned that that struggle mm-hmm. you had when you were going through your change. Yeah. When I
0: was, when I took over as director of this organization, you know, just letting everybody else start doing the things that I'd always done because I was, you know, coming out of a you know, coming, becoming a boss from being a peer and had to hire the person who was going to do my, my job, my Mm -hmm. job. And
2: that was very hard. Not the job. (laughs) My My job. job. (laughs) Delegation can be a scary thing. It's very scary. You know, you want the same perfection Mm -hmm. that, you know, you delivered. And so making sure that that happens. And delegating to volunteers also. Yes. I think
0: scarier than staff sometimes.
2: I think so. The unknown. Yeah. The unknown (laughs) of that. Um, Then it could be, you know, later uh, the the business I, I work with ones that, they already have a great business. They're doing well. But what could they be doing better? Mm-hmm. You know, where where could they be maybe making some more money or cutting some more expenses or, you know, changing things? And then finally, it would be ones that are ready to be planning for retirement. So, what's know, retirement going to look like?
1: Concepts. Yes. Yeah.
2: So, are they going to maybe um, pass the business on to someone in their family? Mm -hmm. or are they going to be selling the business? So how do we prepare to build as much value into that before they leave or, you know, exit the business? That's
1: what I love about that is I think that all of our listeners, whether they're working in nonprofit or serving as a board member or volunteering can really identify with one of those areas and feel
0: really accountable for that. Yeah, that would be me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit about time management before. Are there any like specific skills that you tend to really work with people on and, you know, try to get them to hone and get better at.
2: I think the the first thing that always pops up when I work with again clients organizations is understanding their financial statements. Mm. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. Just <laughs> some words on the paper, numbers, <laughs> and there's
1: some numbers, and we know that we like the ones in the black and not the ones with the red parentheses.
0: That's right. right. Now in my friend, mine, the red parentheses are actually revenue. Oh. Well i don't know i don't (laughs) it's a different accounting my my mind is now blown (laughs) the way it's always been
2: (laughs) (laughs) wow but but that is usually you know the first thing is really having a good understanding of cash flow now the cash flow statement didn't come out until 1987 and i think Mm. it still boggles the minds of many Mm -hmm. leaders it does because you have a number for your cash flow you have net income, and then you've got what your checkbook says. Yes. Mm -hmm. So how does that all blend, you know, together? What can I glean from my financial statements? How can I get them to be more descriptive? Mm -hmm. So they give me more information about, you know, what, what I'm doing, you know, what my progress is, things for planning, you know, purposes. So I think that's probably the number one thing. Then the next thing I hear is employees. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's like how do I get the employees to do what I want them to do? That's not a problem in Beatings. nonprofit. We Seems all to work. We all well, yeah. For nonprofit me. employees all work very mm-hmm. fabulously. Maybe mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, I need I get a little coaching from you.
0: <laughs> there may have been yeah. a
2: tone, undertone of sarcasm on that. <laughs> and you mentioned before,
1: profit for profit, mm-hmm. we struggle with the same thing, and mm-hmm. I think that's universal.
2: They do. So it's you know how how best to hire, and um, mm. then when you have to fire. But I think as leaders, we we get in our own mind that the other people that are working around us think like us. Oh, yeah, you they know? do. They don't, and they don't. Oh, They're and they read just, my mind. Yeah, of course.
1: Mm-hmm. I only—that's only me. I oh. read your mind, Marjorie, but that's only because you tell me what you, what you're thinking at all times. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no filter there, Maybe. so that helps. <laughs> but yeah, I could see where that'd be a challenge. And we've talked before too about these different specialties. Very few executive leaders have come up through the HR ranks. Right. They, they're very good at what they do and they typically end up getting an executive position in HR, but mm-hmm. becoming uh, a vice president or an executive director or president CEO from that background. is just not very common in the nonprofit mm-hmm. sector at all. Mm-hmm. So now we're also expected to know all the rules and regulations with HR as well, with all the complexities of the human personality.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And adding that all <laughs> in can be just one mess. Yep, it can. Oh, for sure. And then and then I would just, you know, say from that, the effective communications, because it, Again, they think that everybody um, knows what they're thinking and the way they want things done. And I, I'll wrap that up with, you know, being a leader and not a boss. You know, that's mm. said a lot, but that's really important that you want, you know, you want to lead by example. So will
1: a coach serve as a mirror to make sure that we can see our own behavior? Yes. Because yes. I think that's difficult when you mention you know, it's lonely at the top it's difficult to tell the boss like, Hey, um, you what you're doing right there? That's not very, it's mm-hmm. not very aligned with our mission or we're not responding that well because that communication is sounds a little more authoritative. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of courage for an employee to do that. And a lot of transparency between that leadership. Some of which I hate to say, is just not in every nonprofit. So yeah, it
0: is, it is really hard to, to hear those things too, mm-hmm. because there aren't too many people that as, as a leader, you'll, you'll take that from too. Right, so that's right. A challenge. right. Maybe, maybe somebody should say, Margie, you would get more done if you stayed off Facebook all day. It'd be very good. Yeah. But then we wouldn't be able to see all those cute kitten videos. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I have to admit, Teresa, don't take this the wrong way, but mm-hmm. all this sounds really great, but it kind of sounds like I'm going to have to convince my board on how we're going to pay for all this. Mm-hmm. And with mm-hmm. nonprofit world, that's always like a, that's, that's a stopping point for some mm-hmm. people. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: what do you suggest? How do I convince my board that this is going to be a good investment?
2: You are right. But that's probably the toughest question. But what I would do is I would turn it around and pose it back to the board. How can you afford not to pay for this? Mm-hmm. And coaching is an investment for any organization. Okay. So for tax purposes, it's a lovely write-off. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we can think about it as an expense, you know, from that. But it's an actual investment in the organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, again, you're going to be taught these things, you're going to learn these things, and they're going to stay with you. So if you truly want to make a change, then you need someone, you know, to walk along that road, because change can be very scary. Mm -hmm. People uh, highly overestimate the way things are going and the way things are running Mm -hmm. currently, and they underestimate the way it could, because that's scary. Yeah. So... It's if we need to change, if we need to grow, if we need to do all these things, wouldn't it be great to have someone who is walking that path and guiding us, not making decisions, you know, again, for us, but is an external influence that really doesn't have a horse in the race. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can say from just working with a chamber of commerce Mm -hmm. and working with another nonprofit. Having a coach there, you can see that, you know, what you are coming on is you bring all the people together that are on maybe on the board or working together. They all have different skills from where they came from. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they might not know really how to make decisions or what things are really about when they're voting. Mm. And so, you know, a coach and as a coach, when I'm sitting in a meeting, now I'm actually looking around and I'm looking at the faces and trying to read people. You know, when when a decision is being asked for, going, do they really understand the depth of what is being proposed, how great it would be for the organization? Um, Maybe they're really scared about budget all the time. Mm -hmm. So that cost seems, you know, very, very large. Um, You know, how can you explain that better? It's relative and large is relative,
1: of course, to the organization size and structure. Exactly. Right.
0: So I think here's the big question that I know all of our listeners are wondering. I, I'm wondering it. I bet, too. I bet you I read I'm reading your mind. Yeah. Is, how are we talking pretty expensive here? And then I guess to go with that, because, you know, we've always
2: got the balance. What's the ROI? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm asked this question mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> it's usually, you know, at the beginning yeah. of of the conversation. And, you know, I hate to say it depends. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, it is going to depend on what exactly, you know, you want to do. Do you want to say, work with a coach on a project basis and just do a strategic plan with some assistance? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was explaining working with a chamber or do you want to be, you know, uh, working on five or six things, you know, specifically and, and grow and and say, um, you know, working for a certain period of time. Normally my clients is a six month minimum, Mm -hmm. you know, to work together. And I have been with clients for six months and I have one that, you know, I'm breaking two years, you know, with on. So the thing is that w- what I do is once we determine how we're going to work together is then look at how I can show you and as an individual, as an organization, how coaching will pay for itself. So whether it be an you're increasing your revenues from donations or et cetera, or, you know, a business from sales that as that comes up and I work with you, that will cover Mm -hmm. what my monthly or your monthly investment to me is. Plus you're still going to be reaching, you know, what, what goals you want to do. Again, as long as we work together and we're on the same page, you know, is, 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 is what's vital and important and we make sure that each session that's how we finish. You know, how you feel. And then we'll today. have that
1: knowledge and take that knowledge moving it forward as well. So right. that's knowledge that you had to keep have your going away present, if you will.
2: I like that. <laughs> I like that. So so again, it's 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 it refocus. Change that expense into an investment mm-hmm. and look at what you are really willing to invest into your organization or business. Excellent. Excellent. That's really good news. I mean, just to be able to think about it from
1: how many times have we talked about on the show, Marjorie, about I wish I was better at this or I wish I knew more than that. And mm-hmm. I don't think I would have thought until today about bringing in someone as a coach. I i am so third party minded of consultant, consultant, consultant. Of I'll let someone else fix that because like you say, we're so busy. But yeah, it's interesting mm-hmm. to think about how that could grow more as a professional just by having the right coach in place. Right. Absolutely.
0: Italy, have you had a chance to work with a coach before?
1: I have not officially ever worked with a coach. I've used several people in coaching opportunities, but they weren't officially trained mm-hmm. on any of that. I did use uh, a job coach, which was specifically oh, yes. for when I was looking for a new career or search, and uh, mm-hmm. it was not a consultant. It wasn't a headhunter. It was truly a coach. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think I found using the service during that time was I had all these ideas, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do all these cool things, and I was going in twelve different directions, mm-hmm. and they would bring me back to focus. Yes. And, yeah. uh, so that I wasn't wasting time spinning my wheels on things that, eh, I thought were exciting, but really wasn't what I wanted to do. Uh, so I found my interactions with her were very one-sided and that I was going like word vomit, word vomit, word vomit, all <laughs> towards her. <laughs> and then when I got done, uh, she'd say, okay, now take a deep breath. And here's what I heard you say. And she would do some mirroring. Right. And she'd say, and your original goals were here. So how does that align? I go, oh, I know it'd be so cool. (laughs) And she's like, good to know. We'll put that in the cool pile. So let's go back to the next one. And Mm -hmm. so it really kept me focused while I was on my journey of discovery. So for that purpose, I've used a coach, but I haven't used uh, anything out of that besides project specific. Have you ever uh, went
0: down the coaching section? Yeah, I actually had the opportunity to work with a coach through a leadership program that I was in Several years ago. And so it was a nonprofit specific coach. And I was having some really, really, really hard um, employee problems um, at the time that were just, I mean, they were just blowing up and bubbling and there were just a lot of people involved and just bad stuff. And um, my coach was actually really able to work with me because I was part of the problem. So um, work on what my behaviors were that were contributing to the mess and then what I could do to, you know, start cleaning it up. Um, and that was really, really helpful for me, um, because there was that accountability mm-hmm. of, okay, so now, you know, this is what, you know, after we've talked about it, this is what you need to do. And those were some really tough, crucial conversations that we, that had to be had. They are. Um, and so, you know, she was, she was along with me. She was doing some cheerleading, mm-hmm. but then also making sure that I actually did it. And, you know, she was one of the few people that you know I was able to be really honest with about. Okay, these these are my feelings around what's going on in all of this. Because um, you know when you're talking about staff issues, you can't really show your feelings about all that. They nobody right. cares. But uh, this was that was really helpful to me uh, mm-hmm. at the time. So we were working on a couple other issues at the time too. But that was the biggest one that really stuck out to me.
1: Wow, I am I'm so proud of you because I have to tell you just to have the courage to be able to say not just to us here Mm -hmm. as friends, but to our audience. Look, I was part of the problem. Oh, yeah. And I'm owning that. And I had to work on myself. That takes a lot of courage, just Mm -hmm. even admit it but to admit it to everyone else just shows that how much you've grown from that. So yeah, kudos to you. Me,
0: yeah. back. I it. <laughs> and now I'm perfect. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> and boy, look at the time on that yeah. one. We're not going to have time to debate that today, folks. That's such a shame. <laughs> but since we are running out of time, uh, Teresa, let us know how we can get a hold of you. If we, if anybody wants to do some coaching with
2: you or needs more information about maybe going down this road. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, phone is the best to get, Get a hold of me, you can give me a call or text me at 217-433-6809. You can reach me by email at tpedigo, that is P-E-D-I-G-O at advocoach.com. You can find me on Facebook. Now this is really long. I'm sorry, it's Facebook. Yeah, you know, so it's got ABACoach, Business Coach in Illinois, and then my name, Teresa Ape. Had to go because there are fifty of us across the United States that do this. And finally, you can also look up me up on LinkedIn, which will have the recommendations and you know a lot more about my career before and now.
1: Nice. Excellent. And we'll get all that in our show notes as well. So if you weren't able to capture that. I uh, just click on the show notes and we'll get that information. You don't want your writing while driving. No, please don't Please no. enjoy, enjoy your drive and know that uh help is just a phone call away. Right. That's right.
0: Excellent. To
2: make the change. Thanks invest for in your business, here. invest in yourself. I like it. Thank you so much for coming on today, Teresa. Thank you for having me. It's been great.
0: And thank you to all of you for joining us on 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is recorded at the studios of Minds Eye Radio and is produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore. And me, Natalie Jablonski. Mike Curtis is our sound engineer. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite app and subscribe and leave us some feedback so others can find us. You can find us on Facebook at 501 Crossroads. Thank you for listening. And remember, we're all working towards the same outcomes.